Hi, welcome to Ferris Forward. I'm Dave Eisler. Today I'm joined in our inaugural podcast by Mary Kay McIver, who's the Associate Director for Advancement and Prospect Management. Mary Kay is here for a different reason, though, today. Mary Kay chairs the History Task Force at Ferris State University. Tell us a bit about the History Task Force. The History Task Force was formed in 2003 to celebrate the 150th birthday of W.N. Ferris, and we enjoyed so much, the campus enjoyed so much learning more about our history that we decided to carry on. Our group uh, organized the 125th anniversary, and we continue to celebrate uh, events uh, that happened that were important to Ferris. Um, and especially this year, we're celebrating the 135th anniversary of Ferris's founding. Well, I can remember 2003 because that was my first year at the university. And it wasn't just Mr. Ferris's birthday. It was also Mrs. Ferris's birthday. Cause in I can, September. I can recall in September in front of Helen Ferris Hall having a very nice celebration for her. So one of the things that's important and special for us at, at Ferris State University is our founding. We're the one public university in Michigan that's named for our founders, and we take great pride in the traditions uh, and in the values and in the type of institution that Mr. and Mrs. Ferris looked to, look to create. So when we think back to September 1st, 1884, because that was the day that we believe were the first classes at the Big Rapids Industrial School, Ten men, five women, as the picture shows. So what are your thoughts about, about the founding of the institution back, back in 1884? It's, it's really interesting. That they're really, it isn't entirely clear why the Ferris's chose Big Rapids for their school, but there were many circumstances at the time that probably influenced them uh, in their decision to locate here. Many states had copied Michigan's excellent education system, including Illinois, where Mr. Ferris had been employed for the previous five years as a superintendent of schools for Pittsfield. He no doubt was very aware of Michigan's reputation, and he also had to be aware that Big Rapids had been populated by a great number of citizens who came from Tioga County, New York, where Mr. Ferris was born and raised. And then also, it was far enough away from already established schools that there would be no competition from there. And then also, Michigan's economy at that point was, was in, um, in a flux because the lumbering industry had come to an end. And we had many out-of-work lumberjacks at the time. And Mr. and Mrs. Ferris no doubt thought that this would be a pool of possible students for their new school. Well, I remember the stories of Mr. and Mrs. Ferris and their son Carlton mm-hmm. moving moving to Big Rapids, you know, finding a home, starting their school. Now, we can't compress 135 years of history of Ferris in one program, but what are some of the major events in the history of Ferris that you think of as you look back on 135 years? One of the really interesting things... Uh, that we recently focused on the pharmacy, College of Pharmacy was was celebrating their 125th anniversary. And as a part of that, the History Task Force was invited to participate with several historical 
uh, presentations for the college. And in our research, I became more and more convinced that the College of Pharmacy, Mr. Ferris's decision to establish that program was one of those moments that we call, if it hadn't been for. Uh, if it hadn't been for Mr. Ferris and that light bulb moment of, of realizing that this would be a program that he could uh, take and really make something out of, um, he was an entrepreneur. And Marius Prez, as many of us know, uh, came to him in 1893. The state of Michigan had just mandated that all pharmacies have um, a state-certified pharmacist on the premises. And Marius had a pharmacy, and he wanted to study for that exam. And he asked Mr. Ferris to tutor him. And Mr. Ferris did, and, he, and Mr. Prez successfully uh, completed that certification. And then he started talking to a lot of his friends, and they started lining up uh, for Mr. Ferris to tutor them. And that's when that light bulb moment came on. And he said, I could make a go of, of a pharmacy department. And he... So okay. pharmacy was a part of Ferris for, for a long, long oh, yes. time. Let's fast forward, because I think that, okay. that next moment that, that really stands out is with President Brophy. Oh, yes. In 1949, when working with Judge Starr, uh, they were able to influence Governor, Governor G. Williams. Yeah, Governor mm -hmm. G. Menon Williams. And they signed the papers for, for Ferris to become a state institution. And that was going to happen in July 1950. But what happened in February of 1950? In February of 1950, uh, we had our half of our campus burned down in a horrific fire. Um, it was the coldest day of the year, and the fire department not only had a hard time getting through the icy streets, but they also did not have any water pressure, and we were forced to watch our campus essentially burn down. Um, what I say about that moment, it, it was one of those moments that we had an opportunity and we had the faculty, staff, students, our alumni and citizens of Big Rapids all rallied around Ferris Institute and the decision was to carry on and we, we did so. And that event, uh, it, it really was one of those moments that if it hadn't been for, even though it was, it was a tragedy, uh, it really served to bring the community and Ferris together. And I remember one of my favorite pictures is of the blackboard that President oh, Brophy yes. put in front of the alumni building where he said, you know, no one was seriously hurt in the injury, in the fire. If you have some of Ferris property, please bring it back. And what he wanted were the, the balances that they use for pharmacy, which I think cost about $800 a piece. Uh, and your grades for winter semester or what, what you had during the class, but he said, registration for spring term begins and Ferris will go on. And what, what President Brophy did that morning is he talked with Governor Williams. Governor Williams agreed to rebuild the institution. And so those two events, first becoming a state institution and second, his reaching out to President Williams really was critical. We wouldn't be here today 
without him. So now let's let's fast forward to, to 1987. What happened in 1987? 1987, uh, we became a state university. And it's, it's interesting, uh, there was a, a, a lot of adversity to, uh, for us to actually become a state college. Uh, we had alumni that didn't want to change the name, and we also had the legislators that did not want to change Ferris to a state college. Because one of the reasons is they felt that we would become too ambitious and want to become a university. And I think it's, it's interesting to note that we became a university on no part of our action. It was completely a legislative action that made us and several other institutions in Michigan universities. Well, and I look back in, uh, with President Ava uh, Glaben, you can see in the early 80s, where he's really positioning Ferris State College to be a university. You can see those career and technical fields, pieces like cosmetology, and there are many, many programs that were eliminated in that point as made the transition to more four-year degrees, higher-level pieces in terms of career and technical training. But clearly, President Ava Glaben sets the, the Peace for it. Uh, President Wenrick is here when 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 that occurs, and that's a major piece in our history. So, let's think about this year. Uh, we're celebrating the 135th, and I know that the History Task Force has already had some events that you've done. What well, what have you done so far for this 135th anniversary? Our big day is always Founders Day. It's always held the Thursday that uh, the semester starts in the fall. We had a, a wonderful Founders Day this year. Uh, the History Task Force always creates a calendar uh, that talks about history of Ferris. It, it's, we mean for it to entertain and also educate. And this year, we've had many, many comments on our calendar. We called it Heroes of Ferris. And we highlighted individuals during our 135-year history that have really made a difference for us and went above and beyond uh, in some cases, even uh, damaging their health, as in President Brophy uh, did, and, and Mr. Masselink as well. Uh, this was the, the first calendar that we literally sold out of right away, and we've had lots of many, many, many comments, uh, positive comments about it. Uh, some of the the topics, uh, we highlighted Dacho Dachoff, who we unfortunately lost uh, this past September. And it was wonderful that we were able to get a copy of that calendar to Dr. Dachoff before he passed away. Um, so now with the calendar, you also have these buttons, that, oh, the, yes. these buttons that go with it. Tell, tell me about the buttons. We Actually, that was one of our events that we had last year. Uh, for each page of the calendar, we had a collectible button that went with it, and it was so much fun and so well-received that we've been continuing on with that. We took the logo for the 135th anniversary, and we've been giving those away. We've been highlighting some of the fun things this year, like the 40th anniversary of the Bulldog logo. That has been a part of our 135th celebration. So we made some wonderful collectible buttons for that, and we sold out of those right away as well. So, and in selling, we actually give we, them we actually give them away. But <laughs> so now you have some plans for 
Mr. Ferris statue that's in the middle of our quad. So talk a little bit about that because we're going to do that as a part of the 135th anniversary, aren't we? Sure, sure. We have been looking at at the statue. Uh, it definitely needed to be highlighted and and have it needs to be in a more dignified um, environment. So we were looking at the landscaping, and I, you called me and uh, asked me also if we could highlight Dr. Dachoff's uh, participation in that. He actually chaired the committee that brought the statue to Ferris. So we worked with Physical Plant, and we are going to be re-landscaping the whole area around the statue to make it more of a destination. And also, many of our students, uh, when they graduate, like to have their photo taken there. So we want to make that area more, more photogenic for them. So, And the other part of it is, is that we did take a look at the seal in the middle of the quad, as many people have have seen it's taken a beating over the last, uh, well, close to 20 years that it's been there. So uh, we plan on doing some revamping there. We're meeting soon with architects to get some ideas going. So I'd say stay tuned because I think we have some exciting announcements about that. And then I know I have a T-shirt that says about the 130, but talk about your T-shirts that you did. We had so much fun. Uh, We worked with uh, the marketing department at University Advancement, uh, Jeremy Mishler's group, and we came up with a wonderful design. Nate Clark, who is our gra- one of the graphic designers for us, made a, a wonderful torch that says 135 on it, and we put that on T-shirts, and we put on the back uh, that 135 years, that's a lot of dog years. Uh, and that was well, well received uh, by the students. So everyone's enjoyed. I've seen a lot of them being worn around campus. So lots of celebrations for our 135th anniversary here at Ferris. Uh, if people who are listening today want to learn more about Ferris history, what are, what are some of the resources that are available to them? At the library, we do have several copies of the um, the book that was written, uh, Century of Opportunity. We also have our coffee table book, uh, and it's called The First 125 Years. If anyone would like a copy, they're welcome to contact your, your office, or they can contact the History Task Force, and we'd be happy to provide a copy to them. Um, and they then, can, of course, there's the there's Mr. Ferris autobiography yes. that we published, which has the autobi- autobiography that, that Mr. Ferris writ, wrote, and then the preface that Carlton, his his one long surviving son, also wrote. And you know, that's it's a great story of Mr. Ferris and Mrs. Ferris, their their upbringing, their their years. Uh, so there are lots of resources. You have some things on the web, too, don't you? We have a wonderful website, that, and it's easy to find if you go to ferris.edu slash alumni, and you can find the link on the alumni page to the Ferris History site. And it talks, it talks about some of the, the main things that have happened. It's got lots of wonderful photos. There's some information about the History Task Force. Uh, if we have any faculty, staff that are interested in joining us, we have a wonderful time. So there's contact information on, on that site about that. Um, the other publication I would note as well is the Book of Quotes. 
uh, the sayings of W.N. Ferris. And that's a wonderful little book to keep by your side that you can look through and find some wonderful, inspiring messages. Well, at Ferris, we're really fortunate to have two extraordinary people who founded our university, Woodbridge and Helen Ferris. Uh, Mary Kay, I want to thank you for, for joining us today to talk a little bit about our 135th anniversary. Thanks for sharing all the expertise and insights you have. Well, it was my pleasure, and it really was fun to be here. Thanks for inviting me. And I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. Uh, if you have comments or suggestions about our podcast, please write me, David Eisler at ferris.edu. And we hope you'll listen again when we present the next installment of Ferris Forward.